Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, where we talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Dan Englander from Sales Schema, CEO and founder. Dan, welcome to the show. You know, uh, having you on the show is really kind of a cool thing because as we got to kind of talk a little bit before we came on air, I really found out that you're like one of us. You're one of the guys who has sat in the chair and tried to figure out how am I going to grow this brand? And I think that a lot of folks are going to enjoy the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is what are the obstacles to growth in 2021 as we look out across the business landscape. So tell us a little bit about your background, Dan, you know, before you started sales schema and, and kind of how you brought yourself to this, to this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so out of college, I basically you know moved to New York, and I always like to joke: if you don't know exactly what you want to do in the city, you kind of just ran, end up in like the rubble heap of the the agency media world. So, I ended up uh, as, as kind of you know an accounts person in a boutique agency, and I was like literally the dude answering problems with broken headphones for a consumer electronics client, and I was like you know pitching lots of stuff, uh, you know, the, the classic kind of like ad agency world. And uh, moved on from there and kind of ended up as, uh, as the first employee in this animation studio called Idea Rocket. And I was shuffling back and forth between, you know, doing client service work and then trying to win new business. And uh, eventually kind of took some ownership over actually being in sales and got coaching and got thousands of calls. We tried every tactic under the sun to get, get leads and sales and stuff. And um, ultimately, you know, made that work, helped them secure around 16 Fortune 500 clients, helped get us to, to seven figures, and then did the, the, the kind of very cliche uh, Tim Ferriss thing and quit my job, you know, traveled to Asia for a while with my girlfriend at the time and self-published uh, a book about my experience, you know, and what I made work in, in that role about just kind of focused on account management, called Mastery Account Management. Um, and then use that to kind of, you know, circle around doing consulting for a little bit and then it kind of figured out that, you know, okay, I want to build something that can scale. Um, I'm pretty good at generating leads in the context of, of higher end, you know, agency or marketing service work. Um, and then started sales schema around that. So that's basically, you know, what, what I'm doing now, uh, what, what we're focused on is uh, being a fractional new business team, you know, focused on the agency world and the marketing service world, which is a, a fancy way of saying we go out and get meetings for our clients in a way that's, that's tasteful <laughs> and so on. So that's, that's, that's what, we're, what we're doing. Nice, nice. Well, you know, I think, you know, whether or not, uh, for those of you who are listening or watching in today, uh, you know, Dan kind of talked about if you were working inside of an agency or, or maybe you're inside of a, a company and, and your role and responsibility is to bring in new business, um, the landscape has changed, man. Like, and, and we've got some serious um, obstacles standing in the way of us growing because of many factors. What are some of the, the observations that you've made in terms of what is standing in the way uh, of true growth uh, for businesses right now? Yeah, it's a great question. Our, our experience is definitely influenced by our, our area, which are agencies, and sometimes there are agencies that have been around for, for decades, you know, at a time, sometimes you know, shorter amount of time. 
um, and they've generally gotten most of their business from referrals and personal networks and, and that sort of thing. And I think you know the biggest challenge is everybody that uh, that was doing business in that way is now trying has to figure out how to do it digitally. And I think that there's a lot of kind of underestimation of what that's going to take. Um, and there's this sort of the you know often what we see. Um, is an overinflation and overconfidence around sales ability, where people have are used to kind of getting to prospects when they're sold there, and then and, you know usually they're not seeing everything that went on behind the scenes to get to some, somebody to that point and getting to the place where they're ready to get referred. So, you know, probably five times this week I've, I've talked to people that say, you know, just get me in the room and I'll close the deal, and, and that's usually not not the case. So I think. You know, the biggest challenge is that a lot of companies, you know, whether an agency or in some other some other area, are for the first time having to condense their value proposition down to something that's very sharp and very specific. Because that's what it takes to close, you know, significant deals over a Zoom call um, for, for lots of different reasons. You, know, you don't have the same sort of bandwidth to, um, to, 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 you know, that, that you would under an analog context. Um, so that, that's the that, that's one challenge. I think the other bigger challenge, which is something that we've had to adjust to, is that the competition for attention was already going going up. You know, it's tougher. There's just a lot more distractions. But with <clears throat> with everybody going from analog digital, there's a real traffic jam effect. I mean, if you think about what that means, everybody that was going to trade shows and getting business from lunch and learns or, or whatever um, is now having to figure out. You know, LinkedIn, email, maybe one or two other channels for the first time. So everybody's flocked onto those places, um, which you know, which which makes it tougher. So I think those are those are two of the bigger things we see. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You know, Dan, we, the other thing that kind of comes to my mind that it it's it, it sort of um, is a whether it's a side effect or or whether it's just just the reality is that. We do have a significant amount of boomers who have been in CEO or have been in senior level executive and they're retiring and they've taken this impact of of COVID and and it's escalated when they thought they were going to retire because they've been able to work from home and they're like, hey, I you know, the ship hasn't, you know, run run up the shore or you know, the, 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 the train hasn't gotten off tracks because, you know, we don't have butts in seats. Maybe I can step back. And, and when that person steps back, it creates this vacuum. And that vacuum is that collection of personal contacts that, you know, he or she is, is you know, having lunch with people or he's at the, you know, Rotary Club meetings and, you know, but when that person pulls back, but the, the company still needs to move forward, the reliance upon that, there's a vacuum there. And I think that's just another sort of illustration point of this is standing in the way because people's timelines have been moved. And those people's timelines who've been moved, that's the way they're used to doing business. Just like you said, you know, we go out to dinner. You invite, you know, a couple of, you know, influential folks together. You know, that's not happening. Um, you know, so all of that really does sort of factor into um, the way we were doing business has changed. Yeah, yeah, and it has. And it, 
But I think that, you know, there's certain things that are, are timeless just based on like human, human wiring and the idea of trust and, the, the fact that you're you're vetted, you're kind of part of my world or my tribe, and I'm more likely to talk to you or do business with you. That's not going anywhere. It's just it's just changing. You know, the way that you might initiate that relationship is changing, and that that's that's all it really is. So I think, um, and that that's you know that's that's a big big part of the work we're we're doing for clients, basically. <laughs> Very nice. So okay. So if if I've really got to sort of change my mind or or be open to some type of shift in how we're going to sort of create these new verticals through digital because of all the factors that we've discussed in terms of you know that we're we're not hump, hopping on planes and flying we're not you know meeting for dinners we're not you know maybe we're still going to the golf course uh, you know because that's at least outdoors. Um, but, but how, how are we, how are we making the shift? How do we get ready to do that? What do we first look at? Yeah. And just to kind of hit on that a little bit, you know, COVID will, will not be a thing at some point. And I think that there will be, you know, people that are willing to get on planes and put in a little like extra effort to close the deal. And there will, there will be incentives towards that. Um, what's what's questionable to me, and who, who really knows for sure, is just how how much that tide is going to go back. You know, I can't see it going back all the way to the way it was, or even halfway. You know, I still think that digital is going to be the, the main way that people are going to be selling. You know, even years from now, once this is all over. Um, but I, you know, I think uh, the the main there's different there's different ways to to prepare for it. I think like the, the main thing is just sort of accepting that you know, you're not going to have the same sort of process that you did when you were getting, you know, a referral and going into a boardroom somewhere. Like it's just doing, doing things digital is, is going to be different. You're never going to be able to mimic that kind of level of connection. It's going to be more difficult too. So that's, that's the rub. I think the challenge, I mean, the, the upside rather is that there's, there's a lot of sacred cows that are being slaughtered I think in a good way. And I think there's a lot of, Businesses that you know might yesterday have said, um, "Oh, we can never outsource X. We can never, you know, hire this this particular need out of house because you know this person sits right next to me and so on." And I, I think that there's going to be all sorts of different um, services that people are going to be more or more open to doing with people who are quote unquote outsiders because everybody's an outsider. Like if your colleague, you know, who's a fellow employee, is sitting at you know their own computer across town or across the, the country then that could just as easily be filled by, by a company. So I think, you know, for your listeners that are, are in entrepreneurial positions or in the digital services world, whatever, whatever that might be, that's, that's a huge opportunity. So I, I feel like what, what you're describing is, is there's first going to be this sort of inward look or this sort of inbound component of how have we done it in the past and we're looking at our internal processes, our internal people, our you know yeah. internal documents, et cetera. And then we're gonna gonna kind of flip to that and go, okay, how does that work with outbound? So if we build on those two models, yeah. Yeah, I lost your question a little bit. So so basically, you know, the, the main thing is, is is getting starting with with some humility and figuring and being able to admit that okay, maybe we're not as as hot as we thought we were. <laughs> maybe we need to like maybe we have this big you know, kind of, kind of like misshapen statue of clay. We just need, we need to like chip away at it and figure out where does the value actually live. 
you know, and so on. So I think that's that's going to be a big part of doing this digitally. And the good news is that as you're kind of getting into, into the reps of playing this numbers game and getting on more conversations and whatever digital means you, you see fit, I can get into what we do without bound and stuff. Um, we're not the only thing you can do. You know, we don't claim to be the only effective strategy out there. Um, but I think the, the good news is that if you're going through these reps, you know, you're going to be able to um, – to, to, to shape that and, get, and build something that's a lot more effective and powerful than what you might have experienced when you kind of have the, the trust of a referral and an in-person connection and all those those good analog things. So I think that's the first thing to note. Um, moving to outbound, you know, which is what we do, it's, you know, it's not, I don't think it's a fit for everybody. I don't think it's a fit necessarily if you're, you know, selling to SMBs or your total addressable market is huge, but your deal size is small. Sometimes I think that outbound might not be worth the amount of time, energy, and effort that it requires, it can still work. But we, but outbound tends to be a good fit. I think if you're going slightly up market, you know, whatever that might be, but your deal size is at least, you know, five figures, maybe mid five figures, and, and up, upwards from there. Because then at that point, it justifies the process that a salesperson uh, is is investing. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, is before you get into tactics and, and how to do it and all that. Uh, is basically, you know, expectations of figure out who, who's doing what. And I think that a lot of the times, especially in small organizations, you know, you have to work with what you have. But even if it's just you as an owner in that sales seat, um, at least being able to divide up your time and create, you know, systems so that you're not paying task switching costs. So if you're doing prospecting for an hour, you're only doing prospecting. Then maybe you have a proposal call scheduled later in the day or whatever. So I think that's the, the next thing. Um, the other thing is just kind of knowing what, what to expect. I think the, the, the challenge and the opportunity with doing outbound is that most of the time you're going to be getting in touch with somebody and they're going to, be, they're going to agree to speak to you uh, when they're at an earlier stage of the process. So that's, that's challenging because the sales cycle is going to be longer. You can get lucky. You hit up somebody at just the right time. It's great when it happens. You can't set your watch to that, though. So that's the first thing. That's also the opportunities. You get to get in there early. You get to guide the decision-making process. Um, and so on from there. And also, you the biggest thing is you get to decide who you contact. It's not like inbound where it's, it's at the, the whim of the world and the market. Um, you get to decide you know who you want to be working with and, and contact them. And once you get into the rhythm of being able to open those doors tastefully, then the world is, is your oyster, basically. So, you know, I think one of the things, too, that, that you kind of hit upon is that you know, when you're when you're thinking about outbound and and how do you stand above like, you know, all the noise that's out there? Um, I mean, it, it really boils down to personalization, right? I mean, the, the better you can do that, um, you're kind of stacking the deck in your favor, right? Right, right, exactly. And again, to kind of back to that noise, like, you know, traffic jam effect, everybody flocked to the same few channels overnight. So if you, if you pull up your LinkedIn, portal or email, you know, you, you see what I mean. There's, there's so much noise. Um, so that said, outbound still, still works. You know, it's just kind of, again, about getting focused back to personalization. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that we do that are proprietary and based on, on the data. It's not like it's a secret. It's just would be hard for, for your average person to do. Um, but, but to give a little, you know, little insight into that, we have a campaign going now. One of the craziest campaigns that we did is we identified um, people in the C level in Fortune 500 organizations, as well as and/or high level marketing roles, 
that played college, uh, soccer in college because our client played soccer in college and we used that as the way in. It said, hey, you know, we played soccer in college. Uh, so you, 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 you played soccer at Purdue or whatever. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're an agency. We're doing this, that, and the third. I, I wanted it looks like you're doing compelling work. Maybe there's a chance to be a partner. We'll have some time to connect. And now that's a campaign where because of that, nobody's sending that email. So if somebody's getting that, they're like, this person sat down, researched me or knows something about me, wrote that out, and I, I'm going to respond. And from that, you know, we were probably getting 5, 10, 20 meetings a week, you know, million, millions of lifetime revenue for that client. So that, that's the sort of thing where, okay, maybe you can't get as fancy as that if you're doing this yourself. You know, yeah, we love people to hire us and so on. But if, you're do, if, you, if you do want to DIY this, if you're at an early, early stage, I think it's about getting, getting a little bit away from um, trying to make a really complex funnel and trying to follow people around on LinkedIn and all these places. Like that has its place. That's, that's for inbound maybe or for ads and that, that sort of thing. But for outbound, it's more about figuring out, you know, who's in your orbit, you know, who, who is somebody that might be likely to talk to you, that you can do business with, that you'd be happy to do business with, and coming in in a sort of classy way. Um, even if it doesn't infinitely scale right away, like just figuring out those that process and that time to make that work is, is the, the most effective way in right now. And, and so for you guys, as far as like the actual deliverable, I mean, do you guys have like people like picking up the phone? Hey, this is, you know, so-and-so, you know, and, and you're calling on behalf or is it more digitally delivered um, sort of intros? Yeah. Yeah. So when we, when we do our presentations and stuff, I always, you know, I always say, and our team always says like, you're going to like, if you look at on paper, what we're doing, it's going to seem like really stupid and simple and boring. <laughs> like we're sending emails. That's it. We're sending emails as one of, clients who's ever going to be on the sales call ultimately doing this stuff that we can never do that that said the thing the secret sauce the thing that makes it work is that strategy so first the identification and the data um figuring out you know who in in the right verticals ideal you know client profiles etc uh is somebody that is likely to talk to our client based on a personal and or business connection so that plus the messaging, the tone of the message and everything like that, and then being able to do it at a high enough volume to play that numbers game, uh, that's really what, what makes it work, right? So we're not creating fancy funnels. We're not following, we're not you know, spamming people or, or hitting people up a million times in most cases. I'm not saying that I'm not beating that up. There's situations where internally we do that, where, where we are persistent, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that, um, for the way we're doing it, it's more about the identification. So I like to make this valuable even if nobody ever hires us. I think that if you're thinking about doing it yourself, that's that's a better way to do it. Yeah, you, you've got you to play that numbers game, um, but thinking about the, the sort of person who's likely to talk to you based on you know a creative inroad, like something you might not have thought of before, um, that's a, a connection that can, that can really help make the difference. You know, the other thing that you mentioned too is, is I do think that businesses and companies are going to evaluate, um, you know, uh, human capital. You know, there are so many industries out there who have been just drastically impacted by uh, the pandemic and, and budgets have been shrunk. There have been, uh, you know, uh, with the PPP money and, and with staffing, um, you know, when you look at considering outsourcing as part of your you know, overall growth model, there is a low risk component to that because 
you're paying for a service and a service is being delivered and all of those sort of existential sort of factors of, of, you know, workers comp and things like that, um, you know, are something that has have to be, uh, you know, thought about. And, and I think that you, we are going to see more companies that are going to outsource. It's going to be tricky to find the right partner. And, and like you said, it is about trust. And so how do you, how do you answer that trust value proposition when you are looking for or looking to partner with, with an outsourced company? How do you guys answer that question? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, so I, I think a lot of it is, is honestly, we're not reinventing the, the wheel. You know, we're still kind of using the same tribal human tendencies that have been going on forever, right? Where if we're doing campaigns, you know, the, the soccer thing's an example. We've done other campaigns to co fellow college alums for clients. Um, just and even if you don't get that fancy, even just being focused on, on a niche or maybe it's a couple different similar niches, like maybe you focus on medical or legal, that's all kind of creating that, that same trust dynamic where when somebody's getting, you know, getting that, that message and asking, you know, for a sales call or whatever, even if it's in lesser words, few words, um, they're, they have that trust because they're able to say, okay, you're, you're part of my world, you know, you're in, you're in my tribe. And another thing that I think is really important, just like bears repeating, is that with without bounds, you know, for most cases, assuming you're trying to get somebody on a call and you're not top of funnel or trying to get somebody to download something or read a white paper or whatever, um, you're, you're simply trying to de-risk a conversation. So, you know, in my experience, most of the stuff that doesn't work, it's not because it hasn't gone far enough or that it's too vague. Yeah, you could be too vague and just be like, you know, what the hell, it will leave too many question marks. But most of the time it's overselling. You know, it's trying to, to do something that is probably better for a presentation or for deeper in the funnel, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Dan, this has been a really uh, insightful conversation, and I, I think it's been uh, a great food for thought as companies are trying to think about, you know, what are, what are we going to have to do? Because like you said, like how far is that shore going to go back to where it was before? We don't know. No one has a crystal ball, but all of the sort of factors and you know things that we're seeing. A lot of it points to we're not going back 100% to where we were, right? Uh, and and it, do we get to 50%? You know, is that a a, a lucky mark? So uh, I, I think it's been really really valuable conversation for us to have. Dan, how can folks get in touch with you? Where's the best way for them to? Grab a hold of some more information and, and get to you guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you, thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. So uh, basically, our, our site, saleschema.com, um, we, we host a podcast called the uh, the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. Uh, and hopefully, that, I think it should still be valuable even if you're in professional services or something adjacent to that. We cover lots of different topics. Um, and beyond that, yeah, if, any, if anybody's looking for help or wants to learn more about what we do, we tend to be a good fit of roughly that, that 10 employee range, I would say, or, and, and beyond. Uh, and my email is at dan at saleschema.com. Happy to answer questions and help out however I can. Excellent. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, happy Friday to you. Wish you the best uh, and a great weekend ahead. Thanks again for being on the show. Same to you, Michael. I appreciate it. All right. Take care.